This is the Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Week four in the NFL, now in the book. Some impressive performances, even with the disruptions from coronavirus. Let's dive into our weekly fantasy chat with Bloomberg Radio producer Rich Truman, and he has an excellent fantasy football column that comes out every Thursday this season on the Terminal. Make sure to check that out. And we're joined by Bloomberg Intelligence's Damian Sassauer. Uh, let's start, first of all, with the news that is out now, how this is this might mess everything up for this week. New England Patriots cornerback Stephen Gilmore has tested positive for COVID-19. And this is on, now they cancel practice for Wednesday. This is on top of what happened with Cam Newton, who also tested positive, Damian, and they had to push the Kansas City game back. So what happens now with this? Well, I think we have to start with Cam Newton, right? Because, you know, even though he continues to show no symptoms, according to the NFL's, you know, COVID-19 policy, you know, you need to test consecutively 24 hours apart as being negative, return to clear, you need to get a team doctor to, to return you. And all of this stuff makes it very, very difficult for me to envision that Cam's going to be back in time to uh, to play Denver this week. And now you're right, with Gilmore on top of that, you know, certainly New England's hurting and they're a little bit depleted. Now let's talk about some of the uh, injuries that happened. And if you're a Nick Chubb fan and you owned him, uh, he is out at least about four to six weeks with a knee injury. Uh, I know somebody sitting here, me, who owns him. So then I decided, Rich, to try to go pick up uh, Dernis Johnson with Chubb out. Uh, now, do you think that was a good pickup? Yeah, because they, uh, I think they rushed, uh, well, it was the Cowboys. I believe they rushed for about 300 yeah. yards. And if that game was any indication, they're going what they did during their season. They're going to split carries between their top two backs. It was Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now it's going to be uh, Kareem Hunt and Johnson. So I think that's a good pickup. Especially, you know, Kareem Hunt has uh, was a little banged up going into that game. So I think that was a good pickup for him. Now, Rich, you also had the pickup of the week. And fortunately, that's what saved me in winning for my team, your pickup of Joe Mixon, that this is what you should be, this is the guy you should be playing. Well, in my article each week, I go for value plays. I don't go for the Mahomes or the Lamar Jacksons of the week. I try to go for players that I think have value. And Joe Mixon was very disappointing because in my other league, I had Joe Mixon. And I thought if there was ever a game he was going to break out, it was against, it was against Jacksonville. Because even though he wasn't having a lot of fantasy points, he was still getting a lot of touches a game. I believe he was averaging 19 or 20 touches a game. So he was due to break out, and last week was the game that he broke out. Oh, but uh, enough about talking about my team. Damien, you talk about my team for a while. Because <laughs> I played Damien, and I thought it was going to be okay. Now, that's the Monday night game, Green Bay, and I made mistake 101 in fantasy that he tweeted that morning, hey, guys, I'm not going to play. Oh, no. And and I had no one else to go. And, and in my other league, took a big fat zero. And that fat zero cost me the victory in that league, Damien. 
Yeah, no, it certainly did the same to me, Michael. And I think what's most interesting is you had nine games at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Nine games, right? So, I mean, Devontae Adams' situation, which you weren't going to find out about until Monday, I mean, all your bench spots were probably taken up by then. So, you know, it just creates, and this, in addition to the virus, I mean, it's just creating, you know, um, very difficult issues. Here, I'll give you one. You know, I got a call on the commissioner in another league on Thursday night ahead of the Jets-Denver game. You know, he was asking because at that point, the NFL hadn't formally switched the bye weeks on the Titan Steelers, right? They, they basically, you thought they were just going to basically reschedule later in the season, and then the points would reapply to week four. But when they announced it would be a bye week, that changed everything. So anyone you put on IR from a tight, you know, Derrick Henry to James, you know, James Conner, you had to pull them off in time for the Sunday games. And that just created all sorts of issues. For example, leaving Jamison Crowder and his 17 points on the bench. So, you know, you just have to deal with this in this new environment. And it does, it does make things very interesting, I have to say. Oh, man. Rich, now what about quarterbacks? What about a Bridgewater or a Phillip Rivers? I'm not a big Phillip Rivers fan. Uh, I would avoid him at all costs. But uh, Bridgewater is playing the Atlanta Falcons this week. The Atlanta Falcons have one of the worst defenses in the league. So if you want to take a chance and roll the dice, uh, I think that might be a good way to go. But one guy, here's one game I want to bring up. Cowboys-Giants. Giants, the worst scoring offense in the league, 47 points this year, three offensive touchdowns. They're playing the Cowboys, who have given up the most points, 146 points. So if there's ever a game that Daniel Jones might break out of his slump, it could be this week against Dallas. Yeah, the Giants make the Lions look good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Damien, what what about uh, wideouts? I, I was keeping my eye on a couple. You see anything you like? So, you know, I mean, look, you know, the one thing that caught my mind last week was the goose egg by Calvin Ridley. I mean, that's his first no-catch performance since his NFL debut in 2018. And then you had Lockett and Julio Jones, a lot of underperformers last week. But, I mean, Amari Cooper stands out to me just going back to Dallas Giants. 12 receptions, 134 for a touchdown. I mean, Dak Prescott passed for 502 yards and four touchdowns last week. I think we could expect maybe not numbers like that, but more of the same, certainly from the Dallas offense, certainly against the Giants. And, Rich, because we've had injuries to running backs, remember now, Austin Eckler for San Diego. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. So now maybe you're looking at a Joshua Kelly or maybe even a Justin Jackson. Oh, I just picked in my other league. I did pick up Justin Jackson. He showed some signs last year of being a good runner. Um, Kelly's had some fumbling problems this year. So I think uh, and Eckler's going to be out for at least six weeks, it looks like. So I, I think Justin Jackson's a good pickup if he's still available. <laughs> David, you got to hear this story. So we're talking yesterday about uh, my other quarter. I have two quarterbacks uh, in the league. Uh, The other one being uh, Fitzpatrick. And there was a story that came out that, uh uh-oh, Fitzpatrick might not start for week five. So I said, Rich, man, I got to do something, man, because Fitzpatrick might not start. Oh, really? So the next thing I know, man, he, he has spent all this money on Tua. <laughs> well, I'll give you a little background. I drafted Tua this year because my quarterbacks, I think, are my weakest part of the team. So I had drafted Tua, but because of all this confusion on games being postponed, I needed to drop him to pick somebody up right. to play this week, which I ended up not playing. That's another story. So 
me thinking that I want that I think Tua is going to be a quarterback in the last at least the last five, six, maybe eight games of the season, and he has the potential, as Damian has talked about, having the running and passing. I said, I need Tua. We had that conversation. I said, "Oh no, you're going to go after Tua." So I don't have much. Uh, I don't have a lot of my budget left, but I put a decent <laughs> portion just so I can grab Tua, so you can get him. You never made a bid on him. I have five dollars left of my Fab money, but I'm hoping that Tua gets a start for the last half of the season. Oh, David, you you should have heard it. The conversation. You didn't need a seven second delay. You needed the seven year delay, man. <laughs> Rich was mad, and I was laughing. I'm not going to lie, but. <laughs> But, you know, it's that's the thing about fantasy sports, especially with the fab budget. It's like, and I guess I asked to both of you, I'll start with you, Rich. How much do you spend in increments for the week? Or do you just say, I'm going to go and go now? If Let's assuming that you have a $100 fab. All right, well, here's the deal. Damian Sassauer, who won his other league, which is Big Bucks Wall Street League, said on one of these podcasts, I like to spend a lot of money early. So with that being said, and I got to be honest with you, the league I've done with my friends for 30 years, we don't do fab money. We used to worse, uh, the team with the worst record, worst points, gets the first pick and so on. So this is my second year of doing fab money. I'm not as experienced. So Damien had said, yeah, I spent a lot of money early. That's why he spent a lot of money on Himes early and the Rams running back early. And so when Saquon was out for the year, Devontae Freeman signed with the Giants, and I thought he's going to be the main running back, give it a couple weeks. So I spent way too much money on Devontae Freeman, and I um, left myself with not as much money. So I pretty much have no money left on my fab money. <laughs> he's got ramen noodle budget now, man. Exactly. That's where he is. $5 left. I think the way you have to think your fab budget is you have to always look at it as a percentage of what your wallet is at any given point in time, right? So, for example, this week, a guy who jumps out at me is Damian Harris, right? I mean, he's the lone bright spot from that New England massacre in Kansas City. And look, I mean, it's tough to, to get behind any New England running back, but the former Alabama product should handle a first or second down roll with Sony Michelle out, and, you know, I could see people spending 20 to 25% of their fab budget on somebody like that. I, you did, know? I did draft him in our draft and dropped him later on. Go ahead. And, and, but I guess that's exactly the point. You know, I have to think of it as a percentage of your wallet left, but, but to your point, Rich, and you're absolutely right, in the first three to four weeks of the season, you're going to see guys that you didn't see before and then there's this lag until you get to the end of the season so you definitely want to save some money especially as you get toward the end of the season just because you're going to have guys like Michael Barrow who are going to block you every which way you look if you're playing them in the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) guys I have to bring up uh, the dreaded tight end position that has been a tough position to score some points out of Rich do you have any suggestions well we should, last week, I guess we should have suggested the Green Bay tight end who had three touchdown yeah, catches, yeah. and George Ki- and George Kittle lit it up last week. Also, yeah, you're talking about Robert Tanya, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Tanya. Yeah, you know, yeah. with with uh, his main weapons out, Devontae Adams. I guess uh, Rogers found a new uh, favorite target he likes. But um, interesting, you know, there've been a lot of disappointments at tight end. I'm mainly Evan Ingram on the Giants has been a disappointment. But you got the you got and and I have Zach Ertz in my other league. He's been a disappointment. I never saw a stat line like his four catches for nine yards the other day. Oh man, yeah. 
Yeah, no, Robert Tanyan looked really good, 698 for three touchdowns, right? And, of course, Kittle, I mean, welcome back. 15 receptions, 183, one touchdown, and he did it with two quarterbacks, and none of them are the starter, right? Mullins, and then he was benched <laughs> at, at halftime for, for better. So, you know, it's interesting to see which tight ends stand out, and Kittle is just an ace among, uh, among the deck, in my opinion. And by the way, keep in mind, we've got bye weeks that start in week five. That means Detroit's out, Green Bay is out, so make those adjustments uh, in your in your lineups. And by the way, if you're in a Survivor League, don't pick San Francisco. Because that's what I picked, and I got knocked out. One of the two teams in this, I got knocked out. And, and you know, my wife is like, good, you're going to pick San Francisco. That's great. I am so happy for you because you're on the right team. And they showed up and laid an egg. I was going to say something else, but we are on, got broadcasting practices here. So, Damien, do you have any selections for the uh, upcoming pools that uh, now I have one team in. Indeed, I do, Mr. Barber. Well, look, the high, the high, um, the highest margins are going to be in the favor of people like Kansas City and Baltimore. But you know, you want to probably reserve them in your survivor pool. Dallas versus the Giants. Dallas giving up nine and a half points to the Giants. Uh, New England giving up eight and a half points to Denver. So New England and Dallas kind of stand up. But for me, it's going to be Arizona playing the Jets. I mean, that's the pick pick for me in any survivor pool. And Darnold's not playing this week. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, this has been a brutal week. This is <laughs> I did win, though, and I won. Uh, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Rich Truman and Damian Sassauer. And again, uh, click, read Rich Truman's fantasy football column. It comes out every Thursday uh, on the terminal. It's, Michael, it's very good. Let me, I hate to interrupt you, but okay. should we update our standings, the three of us in our league, just to, just to keep our – our listeners apprised. I oh, think. sure we can. Right, let's start with uh, Damien. What do we have, Damien? What am I, two and two? I don't even know in this league. i got to look. I'm in I, like three different leagues. I, um, I did buy you a two and two mask today. So I, I think I am. I think I am two and two. Okay. And two Mr. and two for me. And Mr. Barr and I are three and one. Yeah, buddy. Woo! I'm uh, scoring points left and right, man. You see how this happens, <laughs> right? Now we got to talk about our records. Okay. It's going to be one of those. I'm with you. Oh, uh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> that, that was a good interruption, Rich. A good interruption. I like that. Hey, Rich. See, this is what we talk about. We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. And you can catch me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports and Bloomberg Radio around the world and online, wherever you get your podcasts.